0: Good morning, and welcome to episode 36 of Effectively Wild, the daily baseball prospectus podcast in New York, New York. I am Ben Lindberg. This is the part of the podcast where I normally say that Sam Miller is in Long Beach, and Sam Miller is in Long Beach, as far as I know, but he is not joining me today. Uh, He had a family obligation that (laughs) kept him away from the podcast today. He will be back tomorrow. Joining me today is Jason Wojciechowski, which I hope I just pronounced correctly. Uh, he is an author of Baseball Prospectus, where he writes the In a Pickle column. He also writes for the Platoon Advantage and Beanball, where he writes and podcasts about the A's. And he is also a lawyer, which will come in handy if Ridley Scott sues me over the gladiator clip I used in yesterday's episode. Uh, Jason, hello. Tell the people where you are.
1: Uh, like physically, yes. geographically, I am in Los Angeles. I am probably, I'm probably about 20 miles north of, uh, Sam Miller's Honda Fit.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, and do you want to tell us where you are mentally or spiritually or in any other sense? Uh,
1: I, I, I am, I am, um, on this plane, I think, is the most important part.
0: Okay. Uh, are you recording from anywhere unusual, like a car or a shower?
1: No, I'm recording from the, the second, I'm recording from the cat bedroom, which is why the, the, the dear listeners may have heard a yowling noise about yes. 45 seconds ago. They did. That was two cats, that was two cats fighting. Like literally I have cats fighting at my feet. Yeah. Um, In so. their
0: own bedroom. They have a bedroom. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it, they've claimed it.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, if I visit, uh the Long Beach, Los Angeles area, I will not be staying in the guest cat bedroom because I am deathly allergic to felines.
1: Oh, that is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh,
0: So, uh, you, I assume, have a topic.
1: I do have a topic, but I kind of potentially have two topics, so maybe you should go first with or say what your topic is.
0: Okay. Uh, My topic is the Yankees and desperation.
1: So that leaves me, uh, that was not one of my two topics. (laughs) I think my topic is, is Bobby Valentine.
0: Okay. That's one of your two topics. You have it? Yeah. Do you want to announce both of the topics?
1: I, I don't want to reveal what the other one was. Maybe you guys will talk about it tomorrow.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. So I guess I will go first. Uh, the Yankees have been losing a lot lately. Um, They lost all of their 10-game division lead yesterday and then gained a game of it back last night uh, with a win over the Rays. But uh, two nights ago, uh, when they lost the the last sliver of lead and moved back into a first place tie with the Orioles, uh, Kevin Long, who is the Yankees' hitting coach, had some Interesting comments about their offense, which lately has uh, been sputtering a bit. And his suggestion was more bunting. Um, He said, We've got to get back to the basics. We've got to start doing some things. We might start having some guys bunt that you don't normally see bunt. That might have to be the case right now until we get it going. Uh, and then he gave an example of a, a situation where he thought a bunt might have worked. Um, and this reminded me of a quote from Bill Beck, uh, because I am now reading Beck as in wreck, his classic autobiography, which I'm embarrassed to say that I had not read before. Uh, it is every bit as good as people told me it was. Um, and Bill Beck spends a lot of the book talking about how he kind of wanted to get rid of Lou Bedreau, uh, the Indians Hall of Fame player-manager. He wanted to get rid of the manager part, not the player part. Um, And so he wrote, My main objection to Lou was that he managed by hunch and desperation. You ask Casey Stengel why he made a certain move, and he will tell you about a roommate he had in 1919 who had demonstrated some principle Casey was now putting into effect. You ask Lou, and he will say, the way we're going, we had to do something. If there is a better formula for making a bad situation worse, I have never heard of it. Uh, So that sort of seemed to be the Kevin Long solution to not hitting, uh, was to do something, even if that something was something that we normally think of as being counterproductive to scoring runs. Uh, And so last night, after... The Yankees won a game, or I guess before the game, uh, Joe Girardi kind of dismissed that. He said that's not really our approach. We're not the Bronx Bunters, and we really never have been. Uh, and he went on to say that it's it's not their, uh, you know, it's not their cup of tea that they are a home run hitting team, and to bunt would be a bad idea. So that's I guess why he is the manager, and Kevin Long is the hitting coach, um, and is in charge of not so much the strategic aspects of hitting as the mechanical parts, but the the kind of dissatisfaction with the way the Yankees score runs is nothing new. Um, I wrote about it in June after a, a Sunday night baseball game where the broadcasters spent much of the game talking about how the Yankees were too reliant on home runs, uh, even though at the time they were hitting just fine and, and winning. Um and I looked at at playoff teams that were as reliant on home runs as the Yankees and and found that they had actually held up better in the playoffs than teams that score runs in other ways. But this just doesn't seem to go away. Anytime the Yankees lose a game or, or don't score in a game, you hear the people talk about how they are too reliant on home runs uh, yet again. So I don't know how to make this go away. Do you think it? Should go away. Why won't it go away? Why does this persist? That people uh, blame the Yankees' woes on on the high percentage of their runs that are scored via the home run.
1: Well, because they kill rallies. Obviously. Yes. Um I I, I I it is such a rare thing that the A's have experience with this kind of thing that I do have to mention that I saw a complaint today, uh, that the A's are hitting too many home runs. Um and and thus that is why the offense has struggled against the Angels. So I just wanna get that out there because this is like a once a decade kind of thing that the A's get accused of hitting too many home runs. But um, I, I I assume it's a perception. I've always assumed it's a perception that home runs come in bunches um, and, and can or, and, and can be stopped. Um, you know, how do you stop a guy from hitting a home run? Throw the ball low. And and so if it's that simple, then when you run into pitchers who can do that and you don't have ways to counteract that because all you do is hit is hit home runs, uh, you're going to lose. And that sounds great right? I mean, did I just convince you?
0: Yes, even though I wrote about how that wasn't the case, I'm now questioning my conclusions.
1: Exactly, because it sounds like common sense, it sounds fantastic, and we all know that that columnists and announcers love their sort of, you know, common sense, or their baseball common sense, or whatever, and they don't actually love data. Um, And... You know, so it it does. It sounds good. It sounds like something that should be true, and it just happens to not be true. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I get why it isn't true. Um, you know, I, I do get that it, that it isn't true, but I don't know if I know why. Um, and maybe that's, you know, just a stumbling block. If they can't understand why, then they just can't believe that it's true.
0: My theory for, for why it's true in the playoffs, uh, Obviously, in the playoffs, all teams, no matter how they score runs, tend to score fewer runs because the opposing teams are better, the opposing pitchers are better. Um, So, yeah, as you said, it sounds persuasive. Uh, If you're facing better pitchers, better pitchers allow fewer home runs. If you're reliant on home runs, then you won't hit as many and you won't be able to score in other ways. My theory was that good pitchers do allow fewer home runs, but they also allow fewer hits and fewer walks and fewer, you know, every other bad thing that a pitcher can allow. And, and playoff teams tend to be better than average defensively, too. Um, and so home runs are kind of the one hit type that is not really affected by the opposing team's defense. Um, and so... That's sort of an area in which a a team that's above average defensively can't really take anything away from a team that scores so many of its runs on home runs, whereas a team that relies on stringing together a bunch of hits would maybe be at more of a disadvantage against a good fielding and good pitching team. So that was my convincing-to-myself argument for why that might be the case. I don't know that that will convince anyone else, but... The numbers seem to back it up for one reason or another. And the Yankees are leading the major leagues in Gian number, which is what we at Baseball Prospectus call uh, the, the percentage of team runs scored on the home run. It's now about 49.5 um, percent, and it was higher than that. When I wrote about it at the end of June, it was like 52.3. so. They've been a little less reliant on home runs, as you'd expect just from a general regression thing. But that's exciting that the A's are, are getting that now, because usually the A's problem is kind of not doing enough of anything offensively.
1: Not scoring at all. Yeah. That's, that's hit. Uh, yeah, getting hit. run or otherwise. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, what do you have to say about Bobby V?
1: uh well it's more about what bobby v had to say about himself today uh or yesterday i suppose we are we're, we're pretending right um, I, I i listen but i am not in the uh i am not in the uh me in the mindset yet um but so Uh, Valentine had, I I guess it was multiple interviews, and I I don't know, I'm just going to, I think we can start by reading some quotes, Um, the radio station host asked Bobby Valentine if if he had checked out, and he said, what an embarrassing thing to say, if I were there right now, I'd punch you right in the mouth, ha ha, how's that sound, (laughs) sound like I checked out, what an embarrassing thing, and then here's my best part, my favorite part, that's stuff that a comic strip person would write. Um, and what I can't tell is whether he means a comic strip like like a character like Archie, um, <laughs> or whether he actually means like you know uh, the, the the artist of the comic strip. Yeah. Um, later, reporters asked him, "Were you joking about punching that guy?" And he says, "Of course, didn't I say ha ha?" <laughs> um, and it is in fact right there in the transcript, so he did say ha ha. Um, <laughs> Uh, The ESPN story says, but Valentine wasn't joking about defending the effort he puts into his job. (laughs) Um, So it's all very serious. Uh, He says, if anyone in this room wants to question my integrity, I will ask someone to referee. Few minutes later, I don't think physical violence is necessary for a 60-year-old. So he's just sort of, you know, wildly swinging around the room, um, not yet with his fists, but with his um, emotional state, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a whole thing about showing up to the stadium, quote unquote, late. He called the Oakland Coliseum stupid, um, which I take offense to. It is stupid, but I think only A's fans are allowed to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so there was kind of this whole thing and it's yet another sort of Bobby V, um, I don't know, firestorm, I guess, uh, I'm reluctant to make it too much bigger than it is, especially since the Red Sox are completely out of the race now. It's not like earlier in the year where he's fighting with his players and, um, and there's, and there's still supposedly a contender. Uh, at this point, it's all just noise and, um, amusement essentially, um, So, I don't know if I have... I know usually one transitions from here to asking the other person a question, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I didn't ever really come up with a good question. Mm -hmm. So, um, what do you think about Bobby V. threatening to punch the radio host? Should managers threaten to punch (laughs) radio hosts? Uh,
0: I think in the abstract, it's probably not the best idea. I think it's... I guess on the continuum of, of coaching moves, I would put it probably below uh, Buntingmore in, in terms of hurting a team. Like
1: worse? Worse than Buntingmore? Uh,
0: no, not as bad as Buntingmore.
1: Not as bad as Buntingmore? more yes. Okay, yeah, I know. I agree with that. Yes. I agree with that.
0: Um, and and I did read that Ben Sherrington had a brief discussion with Valentine before uh, last night's game, um, and we don't know what was said, but I, we can probably guess that he said something uh, other than an endorsement of the mouth-punching comment. Um, I I don't know. I guess it's maybe Valentine just kind of realizes that his days are numbered at this point, uh, with the number being however many days are left in the regular season. Um, And not that he's a guy with, with the best filter under the best of circumstances, but... Uh, now maybe he has relaxed his filter even a little further um, because at this point, I don't know, would you agree with me that his job is unsalvageable?
1: Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, they. I, I, I think Sam put it or, or somebody at some point um, put it recently. They fired all the players. Um, so... You know he's got a he's got a whole different team here. Uh, do you maybe rather than waste the money next year on paying both his contract? I think he has a two-year contract. I assume they all managers get two-year contracts yes, these yes, days. But, good. um, you know, do you do you pay that money in what looks like it could be a you know rebuilding year anyway, or do you just give him the shot? What's the worst that can happen is he actually punches a radio host? I mean, I, and you fire him mid-year, I, I'm not sure that next year, next year for the team is salvageable enough to to worry about who's going to manage the team, you know, and maybe you give him a chance to see what he can do with a clean slate. Um but uh, you know, uh, in in sort of the Red Sox land, you kind of always have to worry about how you're going to sell things and and you know how you can market it and the perception. So maybe I don't know. But if that mattered, you figured they would have fired him already because what's the harm at this point in firing him now? But they don't want to do that, which implies to me that maybe maybe they want to keep him. I don't know.
0: Maybe it's just kind of a face saving. Thing not wanting to fire him before the season is over. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, when when things reach the point where every day we're talking about a new flare up of some sort, a new controversial comment, a new clubhouse dispute, a new pregame interview gone wrong. Um, regardless of how it got to that point, I think it kind of has to stop. This is true.
1: Managers have been fired in the past, where where general managers, uh, you know, when they fire them, say it's you know it's nothing against. Uh uh, the, the person I'm thinking of is also a bob Bob Garen. Um, it's nothing against Bob. It was just you know it became a distraction this and that and the other, and we just had to make a change to to remove that distraction, and right. we still like him and blah blah blah. and so you know you can always hide behind that whether you think that mm-hmm. or not, whether you think it's his fault as a communicator or whoever it is and uh, so you can't always go with the it's a distraction route yeah and and fire the guy i mean you you probably should be firing uh the the radio hosts of of greater new england um but uh because, i mean that that's kind of an interesting interesting element because obviously you know you ask Bobby Valentine have you checked out you're trying to get a rise out of the guy you're you're you know you're jim roaming at mm-hmm. that point <laughs> right. um and so it, it's i you know I don't think it's uh i i, I I don't think that's a very cool thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess he Um, he sort of had a,
0: he had a point about the other, the other report, which was that he had arrived at four o'clock for a seven o'clock game or something later than he usually does. And someone reported it. And his complaint was that no one asked him why he was late. Uh, And according to him, at least he had a very legitimate excuse about uh, travel and delays and picking someone up and, uh, I, I guess it's a it's a legitimate gripe that someone might not have asked him what the explanation was before reporting it.
1: Of course, I guess if you're going around threatening violence against media members, <laughs> yeah. it, it sort of invites them to just report without asking you. That is a, an uh, excellent
0: point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's kind of created some of his own trouble here. Yeah. No, but that that is uh, that is. Uh, I mean, there is this whole question, and it's kind of we don't really know managers' routines. Uh, we, you know, so there's this whole question of like, was you know, if he shows up at four o'clock, is that late? Like, mm-hmm. what is what does Dusty Baker do? You know, I don't know what is what is you know, and, and the Joe Madden kind of got brought in because Valentine brought Madden in himself. Like, oh, Joe Madden doesn't show up until whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Madden has some snarky comment. To make, but um, you know, I, I'd be I'd be curious. You know, actually, uh, you know, uh, we ran that the, the lineup card yesterday was you know stats that that we want to keep. Mm-hmm. We should have a stat, but we should have managers clocking in. <laughs> um, that way, we can know exactly how much time they're putting in at you know at the at the park. Um, we should put little, little clocks on them or something and, and monitor their time. Uh, how much does Tony or not Tony Louisa? He's not a manager anymore, but how much does Mike Matheny actually sleep?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Managerial report times. That would be some interesting data to have. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think you want your manager to be good with the media and whether that's, uh, someone who's very entertaining with the media, uh, And can tell interesting stories and amuse people or someone who's just incredibly boring with the media but doesn't get himself into trouble. uh, I think one of those two is what you're going for more so than the loose cannon type who might just say something crazy um, at any point. I don't know. It's, It's not ideal. So... I don't know if it's a firing offense on its own. It wouldn't be, I'm sure, if if the team were having a successful season. But on top of the team not having a successful season and all the other drama that we've had to read about and talk about throughout this year, um, I don't know. I can't see a second act to it. But we'll see. Uh, One more note I wanted to mention before we wrap things up. Uh, Our August 17th show... We discussed whether the Nats would bench Bryce Harper before the playoffs. Uh, he had been slumping for some time at that point. And we talked about the possibility that they might enter the playoffs without either Strasburg or Harper. Since that show, um, Bryce Harper is hitting three thirty three, three eighty, seven forty two with seven home runs in 66 at-bats. So I think it's safe to say that Bryce Harper will be playing in the playoffs this season. Uh,
1: Does he have an innings limit? I thought (laughs) thought they might have put in a right field innings limit on him.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe, but if so, they haven't been as forthcoming about it. Um, Jason, thank you for filling in on short notice. You are a regular listener to the podcast, and yet you still agreed to associate yourself with it for some reason. I don't know why you would have done something like that, but I'm
1: trying to steal some of your shine, is all. hmm
0: Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, with any luck, Sam will be back tomorrow, uh, and we won't have to we won't have to have a an A's blogger filling in again. <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate his filling in this time, and we will be back with our final show of the week uh, on Friday.